Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the post-draft edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I am Alex Burr, joined not by J.D. Hall, not by Dylan Hughes, but my good friend, Caleb Lynn. Caleb, no curveball today, lots of draft, but real quick, are you surprised there was no movement on the Kyrie thing last night? Um, not last night. There was a lot of movement just in general that I thought was, you know, was going to happen. You know, people now, we now know the specifics of where he's thinking if he wants to leave. So, yeah, I I mean, that's kind of all I expected. I didn't think there was going to be an actual Kyrie Irving trade or anything like that last night. I don't remember who I saw the report from, but there was a report that came out that the only team that actually wants him is the Lakers. (laughs) Wow. The Like, the Mavericks aren't disinterested in him, but they're... For whatever reason, they're focused on Jalen Brunson over Kyrie. I'm sorry. There is no. That is really, really damning. There is no way in hell. (laughs) There's no way in hell that there would be a vaccine mandate in Texas, in any city. So I I just don't under, I don't understand that. I, I think Kyrie next to Luca would honestly be perfect. Um, If they could, I would do it even with the risks because that's. Kyrie can take the most shots. Luca can dominate the ball in his own way. And yeah, but uh, we'll see. I'm, there wasn't as much trades as I thought there would be last night. We thought Malcolm no. Brogdon would be on the move. Miles Turner, both of those guys stayed put in Indiana. Um, we thought a lot more players I think would be on the move. Maybe like a Luke Kennard, D'Angelo Russell, those guys mm-hmm. still like really there was only, I'd say one rotation player, NBA rotation player moved last night. I agree. And there was a guy who was a rotation player who tore his ACL moved in Danny Green. But yeah, other than that, the trades were mostly, you know, facilitating buyouts or things of that nature. But so let's get started into a team that was posing like maybe it wanted to trade the first pick. I don't know how Orlando went about this whole draft process was really weird. Mm -hmm. The Orlando Magic drafted Paolo Bancaro first. And then in the second round, 32nd pick, they drafted Caleb Houston out of Michigan. No offense, Caleb Houston. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on you. You sure? Uh, I mean, listen, if you want to feel free, but I I think we'll break down second round sleepers later. But I, I don't think Caleb Houston was one of those guys. I don't okay. think people are like, oh, my God, they got Caleb Houston in the second round. Not no, sure. it's sure. But so it, Caleb, it felt like the whole draft process. It felt like we were hearing Jabari to Orlando, Jabari to Orlando. And either the magic were just throwing everyone off their scent in the worst way, or that I think they were either trying to get someone to trade to that first pick to do what Boston did with Philadelphia in 2017, where Philadelphia traded up for the first pick and they sent a future first to Boston. I, I don't know, Caleb, is it just weird that we that Palo didn't even work out for the magic. <laughs> like, tell me I'm not crazy. Tell me this isn't weird. <laughs> I think the, the way that the whole situation happened with Orlando, right? I feel like can be summarized with what Paolo said uh, on the telecast. He was basically like, look, I, I didn't like, 
it was a possibility that he could go number one. He knew that it was a possibility, but I, I don't think he really thought it was going to happen until like about 30 minutes before the pick. He didn't really like, and I think that's the summary of this draft. I honestly think Orlando is trying to figure out where they wanted to go, the direction which they wanted to go. I think everyone knows how important this pick is for them to set themselves in position to get better. Uh, and if you're Orlando and you can get a guy like Paolo, I just think for them, you know, I think everyone would argue uh, he was the most NBA ready. Uh, I don't think that's a debate. And I think, I think because of that, they decided we'll go get this guy. Um, you know, he's going to fit right into what we do. And I, honestly, I, I think it really was something that they didn't know what they were going to do till like 30 minutes before the draft. Sure. And I think Paolo is a great basketball fit with the Orlando Magic. I think in terms of, because what have we said they've needed forever now? They needed a wing scorer, right? And they honestly have the infrastructure around to cover some of Paolo's weaknesses. They have an excellent defensive lineup, right? I mean, yeah, they do. That was it wasn't excellent in practice last year. It's excellent on paper defensive lineup, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once you get the whole team healthy again, right? Even if you don't have Isaac, you have Wendell Carter, good defensive center. You have Franz Wagner, good defender for his position. Not great. Shalen Suggs has the potential to be one of the best defenders in the league, I feel. Good defender. So you have the infrastructure there where you cover one of Paolo's, I'd say Paolo's probably biggest weakness, and his greatest strength accentuates your roster. And that, to me, I'm glad they didn't go with Jabari Smith, right? Like, I, I feel like Jabari Smith is good. Caleb, tell me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk. I think we'll talk more about Jabari when we get to Houston. Oh, yeah. Jabari to me is what is where Michael Porter would have been picked if he wasn't marred with all these injuries. Cause he, it kind of feels the same way, the way everyone describes him. The jumper is so pure. He's such a good scorer. Mm. It feels like if Michael Porter didn't have the injuries, this is what player this is. I mean, he, he probably would have gone first in 2018 if he wasn't yeah. Yeah. so injured. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not. I'm not insulting Smith in any way. No, 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 no. But it just seems like I don't like I feel like there's a difference between a Michael Porter and a Paolo Bancaro. There is. Right. And yes. I think Paolo is more dynamic with the ball in his hands. I think Michael Porter's great by he can cut, right? He's a great cutter. He's great moving off the ball, but he's not really gonna do much with the he doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle, right? Yes. Paolo has some wiggle. Yes. And for a guy that's 6'10, 250. That's massive. Uh-huh. And I, Caleb, I just don't, no one can convince me that this was the wrong pick because I feel no, like he's, he's such a good fit for what they do. Yeah, he, he really is. I, I think, I think this was a very, very good pick. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm very intrigued with what this team will do next season uh, because of this pick. I think he has a chance to immediately pop, uh, become a rookie of the year candidate. And with the current roster construction of this team, I agree with you, Alex, their defense is outstanding. Uh, I think, I think they will have very, very solid defense next year. Uh, I think Paolo will be very helpful with that. Uh, I, I would try to keep Isaac, honestly. I mean, I know that people are a little hesitant on that, but man, I'm telling you, you could put out a wicked small ball lineup as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You could put maybe, depending on how you feel about Paolo or Isaac, you could put one of them at the five. You could put Paolo, you could put Wagner, you could put Suggs, and you could put Fultz in there, and you could just clamp everyone. No one would score. You would, you would literally just clamp everyone. If you're Orlando, like I think they are – 
a team from a defensive standpoint that, you know, they've made the right move. I think Paolo is obviously the guy, the star that they're going to hope to build this thing around and the pieces will follow suit. Um, I like what they're doing, man. I like what they're doing. I think if they're, they keep it, keep it right. Uh, don't, don't overthink some negotiations. Um, I would trade guys like Terrence Ross. I'd continue to build the, you know, build, get some younger assets in. Cause I think this was a good draft to get Paolo. I think Paolo was probably their best case scenario. I, we both talked about like on Lynn Sanity this week, we both talked yes. about how we liked chat on Orlando. Yeah, we did. But I think both of us just thought that there was no way they were taking Paolo. Right. I thought, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think both of us and Bryce mm-hmm. and I think we all, all three of us thought that there was just no way they were going to take Paolo because it, all the smoke was suggesting they're taking Jabari Smith. Yeah. And yes. I'm again, I'm glad they did not um, I think this is a real ceiling raiser for them. I'm not going to say they're going to fight for the play in yet because the East <laughs> is going to be so tough again next year. Yeah. It got better. Um, but man, it's going to be interesting to watch real quick. What does Caleb Houston bring to the magic? It was that a good pick for you at 32? Simply definition of high upside. Um, a guy that is long rangy. Uh, my only concern with Orlando is, especially with that selection, you literally have like six guys like him. So the fact that they went out and, and tried to get another rangy athlete when you have Jonathan Isaac, Paolo Banchero, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, depending on how you feel about Bamba, Chuma. It's like there's just a lot of players I like and are just simply better than Caleb Houston. So I just named you five guys and I think he won't play them all. So I just feel like that's a problem when you, I don't care where you select Alex, you should be able to see the pathway for, you know, if you say, okay, if you're a fan and you see that this guy gets picked, you, you should see the path for how he could play for this. I really don't see how Caleb use place. I, I just don't. I think it was a really, it was just a definition of high upside. If they hit, they hit, but I don't see how in the world he plays over those guys. I just mentioned it's fair, but like looking at the rest of how the second round played out, like immediately after them, like just based on what you're saying, none of the other guys <laughs> make sense to them. You know, like they have like a bunch of just long rangey athletes. Like you said, Coloco's not going to play because he's got Wendell Carter blocking him. And we'll talk. I, I know you want to talk about Coloco to the Raptors at some point. We'll we'll have to squeeze that in, but. That's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. how Houston develops there. Let's go ahead and move on to the Thunder. So the Thunder had three picks in the first round, and they picked 34th in the second round. They drafted Chet Holmgren, too. I don't think anyone was surprised by that. They drafted, they traded for the 11th pick. They gave the Knicks three future firsts. And I don't have the details of that trade immediately. Let's see. Um, all three. So it's Washington, top 14 protected. Denver top 14 protected Detroit top 18 protected all next year. So, and they traded one of those picks to Detroit and we'll talk, or did they, I think it was to Charlotte. They traded one of those picks away. Yeah. The point being, but, and then the thunder had the 12th pick as well. They dra- drafted Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. And then in the second round, they drafted another Jalen Williams 
out of Arkansas. Caleb knows the difference between them. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's funny that they drafted two guys with the same name. Same I'll say name. that. But Caleb, I know you weren't. I think some people on like draft, like some draft experts were really bullish on them. I listened to the um, Bill Simmons podcast and Kevin O'Connor loved it. I know you didn't care for the Thunders draft as much. Do you care to explain why? Same issue. Where's the minutes? You have you. So at this point, you have like what we talked about last or this earlier this week. You have Shagulin, Alexander, you have Josh Gideon, and Lou Dort. That's the building blocks to your foundation before this draft starts, right? I mean, you would agree with me on that, Alex. That's the building blocks to your foundation. You add Chet Holmgren, which is a five. It makes total sense. I think what they're trying to do is hit on wings. But, I mean, if you're the Thunder, you have the definition of a project in Poku. Deang is a project. There's no if, and, or but about it. He is a project. You have Jalen Williams, who I think overpicked. He, I, I like I like a lot of guys below him for what who I think are more ready than Jalen Williams. Uh, and I think offensively, he is just not gonna he's just not gonna do it. He he's he's not he's not. He just, he's not a guy that's going to be able to create his own shot in the league. And I understand that he has great guards with him, but I just think he's going to have to really adjust his offensive game to have success. And I, I just, with Jalen Williams from Arkansas, which was their second round pick, he's a very good defender, high level defender. But then again, Alex, I mean, he reminds me so much of a Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I don't see why you would go out and pick him when you have a player that's just so incredibly similar, who's a hustle player, rebounder, shoots the three. I just don't get it. And I don't, I don't really think, Alex, I think at this point, the Thunder are genuinely trying to win in 2028. I mean, I really do. This just seems like a team that is going to have a problem. Like I would argue every one of these guys that I just mentioned from the Thunder probably half of them will probably leave them in like three years because, because I just, I just don't get their, I just don't get their strategy. I mean, Alex, I would have argued if you were really trying to move up, I don't understand why you wouldn't have just traded 11 and 12 to Sacramento. Honestly. And just, and just say, we're going to get two top four picks. We're going to go get a, um, we're going to go get Keegan Murray and we're going to get a good shooter and cutter and we're going to get a good four man. And instead of these, I just don't get it. I just don't really understand their, their, what their plan is at forward. It's literally all projects. And I just think there is a balance to how you should approach projects if you don't have guys on the roster right now that can contribute. And I think it's fair to say that Oklahoma City Thunder do not have a lot of right now contributors at the forward spot. No, because if you just want, like, you have Darius Baisley, who has been fine. I wouldn't say he's a rotation player. Um, You have Isaiah Roby, who's definitely not a rotation player. Poku spent has spent half his career in the G League. Um, and every time I'll say this for Poku, every time he's come out of the G League, he's been better. But before his G League stints, he has not looked like an NBA player. He just hasn't. And 
at some point they're going to have to find out, like they have to make a choice on the Poku thing. Um, Cause it doesn't seem like he's going to put on any weight. And then you have Chet who's not like who at best Caleb, I think we both agree will weigh like two twenty five tops. Uh, but right? Alex, he's, he said he's the best player in basketball in two months. <laughs> I love the confidence, but I, I, I mean, listen, you have to respect the confidence, I but, do. but at the same time, delusional is delusional, right? You have to call a spade a spade and he is not going to be the best player in basketball. If he's a top 50 player, that's, a steal, right? Even at the second pick. But I think it's safe to say he probably won't be a top 50 player. Um, the only player I had from last year's draft class, and you know how high I was on last year's draft in the top 50 is Evan Mobley. And yes. yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Yeah. And so I love the confidence from Chet, but they, like, you're right. They're not, gonna, they're not going to win next year. I think they have to be gunning. You said 2028. I think the 23, 24 season is one where it's going to, they just have to start winning because at that point it just won't make sense. I agree with you. I just, I'm just saying like, I'm I'm just saying with what their pieces are, Alex, you, you can reasonably say maybe 2028, they're going to win, but I only, I totally agree with you that there should be some winning happening in 2023 and 2024. I, I agree with that. Like, and I know it's like, I think this is where I disagree with most people when they talk about the Thunder. I know Bryce brought it up. Like, it feels like the Thunder have been rebuilding forever. That's because the summer after the bubble, or the, not summer, because it was wintertime when that offseason happened. Mm-hmm. The offseason after the bubble is when the Thunder blew it up, right? Yeah. And so it feels like this tank has been going on forever. This is only the second draft where they've been in the actual lottery. So I give them a little more of a pass for that. But where I think people like Bryce and Dylan are correct, because we know Dylan's even more of a (laughs) Dylan hates this rebuild more than anyone else we know. Yeah, he does. Like at a certain point, the picks like I think Bryce made the best point at a certain point, the picks have to become something. And they traded three of them to get Jane. Right. So that's. I think that's what the that's the corner of the Thunder have backed themselves into, though, because it shouldn't take three future picks to trade for a mid level, like a low lottery pick. You, you traded for a project, though. You didn't trade for you didn't tra- you traded for a project. You didn't trade that, for a guy too. to play for you. That too. And that's that's the I think that's the corner that they backed themselves into is that they have so many picks yeah. to get like if a te- if they want a guy, a team's going to be like, OK, give me three first round picks. That's exactly right. And. So eventually these picks are going to get redistributed around the NBA. (laughs) Like I think the Knicks, even in spite of like the trades weren't the best. I think they came out of the draft looking really good. We'll just talk about them because they didn't do anything like to come out of a draft where you're picking 11th with three first round picks for next year. When you're trying to get a star like gross. I really like it. Like for the Knicks, I thought they had a good night because let's face it. They have too many young guys on their roster already. They really couldn't afford to get another one based on tips. So if I thought, wow. I, I thought it was smart from Leon Rose and I know they traded one of those picks. They got two future first, but still it's pretty good asset management. I feel from the Knicks. It's great. Uh, it's great roster management. If you actually play the guys, mm-hmm. they, they don't, they don't play the guys though. So, I mean, it's fine if you want to, if it's fine, if you're just, if you're not going to look at minutes and you're not going to look at how they distribute that, that's fine, but they're not playing their young guys. Um, they're not, they're like, like we said on Lance Andy, they're not playing 
they, they went out, they traded Cam Reddish. They wanted to take advantage, take the flyer as they should. They don't play. What's, I mean, Alex, what is the point in draft? What is the point in that entire move if you're not going to play it? What's the point? It, it, this, this is a team, Alex, that, you know, at some point you need to recognize that Derek Rose is washed. You need to understand that Alec Burks is washed. You need to understand that Evan Fournier is on an horrible contract. You need to understand that Todd Gibson needs to retire. You need to understand that Nerlens Noel should be traded. There's, I could just go on and on and on. The New, the New York Knicks play these veterans over Obi Toppin, over Emmanuel Quickly, over, I would argue, Mitchell Robinson. They decided to go in this direction. So while I agree with you, they have good assets, they don't use their assets. So it doesn't matter how they hit it. You should have. I think the New York Knicks, if you were going to do a lot of trades, you should have fire sailed every single veteran on your team. Every single one. You should have. You should have. I should have seen a team that basically had a roster of every single guy under 30 years old. I mean, I should have seen so many moves. I should have seen just an activity, uh, you know, cluster. And, you know, to be honest with you, Alex, when I'm looking at this Knicks team, um, I just I just feel like. They, at this point, they're going to have a really bad season next year. Predictable. They're going to fire their coach. Predictable. They're, they need to be, they, at some point, Alex, you can manage your assets, but you, you also have to manage what's in your room. And what's in your room is someone who refuses to play young players. That's what's in your room. And I just, I just don't understand that from the Knicks because I agree with you. I like quickly. I like top and I like Barrett. I like some of these players, but they're refusing, they're refusing to give them minutes. And that's the problem with Thibodeau. And this, you could have seen this coming from a mile away. If you followed like any semblance of basketball, the last 10 years, because Jimmy Butler was the 30th pick. He barely played at all his rookie year. You know, Jimmy Butler ended up, we all know what Jimmy Butler ended up becoming, but as soon as he started getting playing time, Caleb, he was a contributor, right? There's no reason Jimmy could not have contributed as a rookie instead of Lou all dang needing to play 39 minutes every night, you know? And honestly, Julius, Julius Randall's probably going to come out of this Knicks experience and probably won't like, I think he might have to retire by the time he's 32. I, I'm not saying that for sure, but just the minutes that Tibbs has his guys play, Jimmy's the only one who's come out of that and had a long career and everyone's expecting some kind of fall off at some point, because I mean, hell you were kind of seeing it already with how injured Jimmy gets through the regular seasons. I think that's not a coincidence. So no, it's not. I think I, I like your points are hundred percent correct. I think there's a lot of dissonance between the front office and the coach. And I think the front office wants to run things one way. And Tibbs is like, let me, let me play Alec Burks. Let me play Taj. I think Taj Gibson is going to be on our roster as long as Tibbs is a coach. And then as soon as Tibbs is fired, Taj is done. Um, it, like it's, it baffles the mind. I don't understand it, but it Tibbs is going to Tibbs. So um, any last. So, so okay. why, can I ask why you think he had a, why do you think he has a job? Like, why do you think he has a head coaching job right now? Like, well, because. point. I think the reason he has a head coaching job is because that whole Knicks team is like a CAA operation, right? Like everyone on that team is CAA affiliated. I'm pretty sure Leon Rose used to represent Tibbs, right? Or something of that nature. So 
it probably would be awkward for a former agent to fu- or for an agent to fire his former client. You know what I mean? I'd probably have to call Dolan to his credit, right? Seems to have taken a step back. Actually, I will say this for Dolan. The problem with Dolan isn't that he interferes too much. It's probably that he doesn't interfere enough and trusts the wrong people, right? That's right. And he lets there's a there's a ton of other problems with Dolan too, yes, to be sir. clear. Yes, sir. But yes. he takes a massive step back, lets the people run it, and then he the the problem is he just entrusts incompetent people. Isaiah Thomas, for one example. So it's hard, but I think he has to override Rose here and be like, listen, Tibbs needs to go. We need to fire. We need to hire. Honestly, Kenny Atkinson would be perfect for this roster. Honestly, why would you go there? If you're Kenny Atkinson, why would you go there? It's an excellent question, but <laughs> I don't know. I'd like the chance to coach RJ Barrett. I think he could be a superstar. So... Yeah, but you you know, Alex, here's here's your problem, right? I, I never really understood the Leon Rose thing, and this is continuing to happen. Yes, he is giving your team somewhat of a better reputation from a business standpoint. He's giving your team a better reputation. But the problem is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, if you hire a guy from a power agent, you hire a guy from CAA, you hire a guy from Clutch, your problem is your whole business is going to be influenced by CAA or Clutch. You are not going to be able to make independent decisions because every one of your decisions is based off your relationships within your agency. Your job in basketball should not be just to hire guys that are connected to your agency. Your guys should be, your job should be to put the best basketball team out there, put my personal crap aside and, you know, develop a roster that's set in a coaching staff that's set for, for, for sustainable success. Like the New York Knicks going after Jalen Brunson is the definition of New York Knicks. It's the definition. It's a connected CAA guy. And he is, he's somebody that's just, he's a vet. Tibbs would love that guy. Mm-hmm. Say what you want to say, but Tom Thibodeau would love Jalen. If you have, if like, to me, I just don't understand why if you are, the Knicks. I just feel like you're just missing so much because I don't think as much as I think Knicks fans want to win for sure. And I think they'd like to get a start for sure. There's no debating that. I think if you showed them a direction of how you're going to use young talent, you'd get a whole lot less backlash. For sure. I We're think smart the, fans. We're smart fans. I think the only agent who's been able to toe that line and to be fair, we've we've had a small sample size of agents becoming GMs, right? There's only been three. Bob Myers is by far the most successful one. Um, and I think he has a lot of like he had Jerry West in his corner. He had a lot of people who were like, you know, Jerry West is probably the I think we'd agree, probably the greatest general manager of all time. Um, so you had a lot of help in his corner. Palenka has been abjectly awful. And then Leon Rose has been fine, right? Leon Rose is like a 250 hitter. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And which is, which is better than what the Knicks had. Yes, right? it is. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> so it is. compared to other Knicks regimes, it looks like stability, but it's not actually stability. Um, any last thunder thoughts before we move on to the, um, before we move on to the Rockets? Um, I have a hot take for you. Let me hear you it. Hear it? Uh, I want to hear it. 
And Shea Gillis Alexander is going to ask for a trade in two years. Wouldn't that surprise me? I just feel like that's just what it's setting up as. Like you can't just freaking you you can't just waste your time if you're a player like that. When when you have all of these draft picks and all this stuff, I really, 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 really think he's going to ask for a trade. And and the part that's not going to make sense to me is the Thunder are going to ask for draft picks, to which then again they won't use it. That's so a, I just I just don't get it. I that's an excellent it. point. They have the blue chip guy, which yes. is the start. But Chet, I'll say this, Caleb. If Chet pops and if Chet can score at the next level, which is like literally the only question with Chet, right? And he took a lesser role at Gonzaga. We've seen college guys take lesser roles from time to time, right? So I think we would both agree it's not in the realm of possibility that he could get to the NBA and average like 15 points a game as a rookie, right? Um, If he averages like 10 points a game, then I would say your prediction is much more. Like I would say, I would guarantee your prediction if Chet can't score at the NBA level. But if he can, I would hold off on it a little bit. But yeah. Let's move. Go ahead. No, no, no. I agree with you. I agree with you. All so let's go ahead and move on to your favorite team of the draft, probably the Houston Rockets. One As we yep. mentioned, they drafted Jabari Smith at three. They got Tari Eason at 17, <laughs> drafted Ty Ty Washington at 29. I don't know. Did they get anybody in the second round? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Not, not that, that I'm aware, aware of. of. So three first round picks adding to the four they had last year. And Caleb, you love this draft class. So we already talked about Smith a little, I feel. I don't, like, yeah. that's a great fit next to Green and Porter. Let's talk about Eason and Ty Ty real quick. So let's start with Eason. You sounded like you really loved that pick for them. Why is that a great pick at 17, do you feel? He fits on any team. It's, it's, a, it's the definition of a safe pick. When I'm looking in the 14 to 20 range, I'm looking for a guy with decent upside but sustainability. Tari Eason, at worst, is a very good defender for you. At worst. He is just a good defender. He can help you out and give you nice wing minutes. But if he has some potential, if he starts developing some things, if he gets his offensive game solid, he becomes another really solid piece for Houston Rockets team. This Houston Rockets team, Alex, you look at the collection of their roster, it's absolutely incredible. I really like what they're doing. And if they trade away Eric Gordon, which they should, if they buy out John Walt, which they should, you have a really awesome young rock. You have such a great young roster. And you're putting yourself in position to, to really succeed. And, and like I told you, uh, I think Jalen Green is bound to take an incredible second-year step. And to be completely honest with you, Alex, if Jabari hits and he comes out and kills his first year, Shangoon develops. I understand it's the Western Conference. But I would like to present the counter of them making a plan. I, think, I I know it's hot. I know it's hot. But I'm no, telling you, I think they have got a phenomenal roster construction. Phenomenal. I honestly don't think it is. Um, it just depends, right? Because their defense has been rock bottom. And yeah, yes, yes. And that's the only factor for me, though. And like I told you last night, I think Shangun's smart. I just don't think yeah. his mind has caught up. <laughs> I don't think his mind has caught up to his body yet. Okay. So when that syncs up, it'll be better. Um, the bottom of the West is dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. dreadful. Um, the Kings, 
We'll talk about them next. Um, holy shit. <laughs> we'll talk about them next. Uh, they didn't do much to improve their stock to me. The Thunder are going to be bad again next year. I mean, the Spurs didn't get much better. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the bottom of the West, Portland. Portland is like the 10th seed right now, and I don't really trust them 100% no. with Damon Grant and Shaden Sharp. So I, I just, like I said, I don't trust them. <laughs> no. It's going to be... I don't think your prediction is a hundred percent. I don't think it's far fledged to say the least. Like, I think that's, I like it. It's going to be the thing with Houston will be, is just, can they play defense? Right. Will they, will they be able to get stops? And you know what? If they went, if the West is how it was last year, they could not play defense and still get the 10 seed because that's all you exactly need is right. like 34. I think the Spurs had 34 wins and got the 10 seed. That's exactly right. So, <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll, you know, I'll come out with a real strong take of maybe, but real quick, what do you mm-hmm. think of Ty Ty to the Rockets? Incredible value. Like, I mean, it's just incredible value. You're, you're getting a really nice backup point guard with the chance to have high level upside. If say something happens with Kevin Bork, you're, you're it's, to me, it, it, that was a great fit for him because, you know, he is, I'm taking, I'm, you know, is Schroeder still in the contract for them, or is he? No, he's, he's a, gone. He only signed a one-year deal. But to he's say, yeah, he's jerk. gone. He's gone. So he's automatically your backup point guard. You know, Washington's your backup point guard. He's immediately got minutes. He can develop, and he's in a room, Alex, where he doesn't have near as much pressure uh, to it because you already have like Josh Christopher, who I think is a very nice piece, uh, and you're, you're just to me it was a very safe pick for Houston. And if you're Ty-Ty, there's just a really good opportunity there to develop. I, I, I really thought that was about as good of a pick as you could get there at the end of the first round. It was great value. For sure. And that was, yeah, the Rockets came away looking really good. I'll be yes, really intrigued. Did. Like, honestly, I've had a lot of criticisms of Raphael Stone, but they've Man. had two pretty good drafts in a row. Yeah, he did. And yeah, he did. They needed they they needed this one, Caleb. Unless, of course, everything implodes in Brooklyn and those Brooklyn picks start becoming like that's fair. Like if that becomes like the Boston trade all over again for the Nets, which would be funny if it happened to the same franchise twice in less than a decade. Um, yes, because the Thunder or the Rockets picks next year start going to Oklahoma City. I believe they're unprotected after next year, so mm. they, they needed this. Yeah, they needed this in a bad way. Yeah. And you're right. I think they should start competing. I want to see if Silas. I agree. This is a make it or break it year. Uh, fair or not fair. This is a make it or break it year for Silas, right? Like he's 2020-2021 season dealt an awful hand. I agree. Dealt an absolutely awful hand. The Harden trade, the wall situation, the, you know, Christian Wood. I mean, Christian Wood was probably the most stable part of that team his first year. To give you an idea. Yeah. Last year, Jalen Green becomes a stud. I think Silas, I think he's a really good offensive coach. We need to see him I agree. do something with it on the defensive side. On the defensive so, end. Yeah. I I think he probably like listen, you know, Caleb, I'm of the opinion that if you coach through a rebuild, you deserve a, a couple years to yeah. make it out, see if you can't make something of it. 
I don't know if um, Fertitta will give Silas that chance, which is unfortunate, but I'd, I'd like to see if Silas has the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Speaking of like <laughs> a coach who might be fired very soon, Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings, their only draft pick of the night, they selected Keegan Murray, unless they picked, no, they traded um, Hardy to Dallas, so they didn't pick anyone else the rest of the night. So <sighs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Caleb. Yeah, go ahead. I think we all kind of knew this was coming. I don't think any of us wanted to say it was coming, but this had Kings written all over it, right? Taking Keegan Murray. And I liked Keegan Murray. I do too. But not as a top five pick. And I Heavens just, no. it's just, I understand why they didn't take Ivy. Ivy didn't want to work out with them. But if you're not going to take Ivy, at least trade the pick. Like, what would I'm sure the Knicks really wanted Ivy? They were trying to trade for Ivy after yeah, the Pistons selected him. Yeah, why not trade that pick? Right, you could have gotten so much for that pick. I agree. It, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm lost with their decisions. Um, I just I think that the Kings, um, when you look at some of what they could have done, I mean their depth is atrocious. I mean, holy crap, their depth is atrocious. You you can you 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 could have used multiple picks to get that depth better. And the part that makes you know, like I think Murray, if they wanted Murray, I like I said, Al, I like you saying, I just wouldn't have picked him top five. But the fit makes sense. I, and I do think that's important. The fit makes sense. He he's a four man. They don't really have a four man. He he's a really solid fit for them. But when you're considering where they got him and what they could have done. It was a, it was a blown opportunity. It was a blown opportunity for the Kings to really overhaul and get some depth there. Like at this point, Alex, I'm looking at their depth chart. Okay. And I understand we have free agency and all this stuff, but you look at their starting five and you're like, those are five good players. Darren Fox, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, DeMont Smokes. Your bench is just crap. Like your bench is garbage. Aaron you know, Divincenzo, Justin Holiday, Trey Lyles, Damian Jones. Like that was their bench. That you know, I understand some of those guys are free agents, but like you have to really overhaul that bench. And I just don't. And I think if you would have traded down, you might have been able to get some interesting value. And I, and I, I just I really don't understand why they didn't try to take advantage of that because you know, as shown in the last couple of years. It, it sometimes it's just it, well, it's not sometimes it's the truth. You, you, having too much of a top heavy roster can hurt you more than help you. You need to have depth. The Kings have a great five, but if you have no depth around them, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And DiVincenzo looked awful. Um, really this whole season. Right. And maybe he'll look better with a full off season, but it sounds like he doesn't even want to be in Sacramento. It's like, Terrence Davis was playing major minutes for them. And the Raptors were like, you know, when the Raptors give up on a guy, that guy's done. Like for the most part, unless it's like Norman Powell, right? Like Norman Powell was a good player who they just traded away. But if they give up on a guy like Terrence Davis, you know, that guy's cooked. And yeah, Murray's a good player. I just think you could have gotten someone who wanted Ivy. That's exactly right. And it's, it's just typical Kings though, because this is exactly something that they would do. Of course they would 
<laughs> take the role player at four instead of getting multiple picks and getting that same role player. Because That's let's exactly face it, right. let's face it. The Pacers probably, I mean, they actually, the Pacers might've dragged Keegan Murray. <laughs> so, so can I, so can I, so here's, here's where I would see fit. Here's, here's what I'm thinking, right? If the Thunder really wanted to trade up, if they really wanted to, you know, if they had 11 mm-hmm. and 12 and they just said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to trade up, we're going to get a nice forward. We're going to get a nice couple pieces here. If you're the, if you're the, if you're the Kings and you could have say all of that, you know, that happened, you could have gotten 12 and you could have been able to whatever. If you're, if you are the Kings, you could have had, in my opinion, a Jalen Williams for them would have been a great pick, Alex from Santa Clara for the Kings. I would have really seen the logic there. Good wing. They don't have a lot. You got Barnes on an expiring. You know, he's going to move. You could have had like Williams and Murray. You could have had um, Murray and Daniels. You could have had uh, Murray and Sochin. Honestly, like I, I, there's just to me, they needed two guys, not one. And I, it, to me, I'm looking at this. I mean, there's so many scenarios that you and I could go over that would have made sense for them to do, and they didn't do it. We could go through the scenarios all day. They wouldn't have done any of them because they're dumb as hell. I mean, that's just <laughs> wow. what they okay. should have done. <laughs> like, wow. Well, it's no, it's they're going to continue to be the kings, right? They, it's just we'll never, they will never stop being the kings. It's and it's all the vec, right? It's because we know Vivek fell in love with Stauskas, fell in love with Buddy Heald. Honestly, you know what? The more I think about it, there's no wonder he fell in love with Keegan Murray. He's big. He can shoot. Yeah. He can play defense, which, like, you know, it's great. But he's not Steph, right? No, he's not. A, he's not a superstar. He's not a he's not a player that will be a first or second option building block franchise for your team. His ceiling is like a top 75 player. Right. I'd say that's and, a stretch, but yeah, I mean, I like, can see where you're going. I mean, he's a guy who could like put the ball on the floor. He's a guy who can shoot and he's a guy who can play defense. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And if you're like the 80th best player doing that, that's, you know, that's great. If you drafted him like 10th, right. It's, it's awesome. If you draft him 10th, right. But you don't want to draft a guy who can be like the 80th best player at in his absolute best case scenario at four at you want to draft that guy later yeah you want the guy who could be a like i don't care what happened with ivy right i agree at least leverage the trade you yeah. let him fall yeah. into detroit's lap yeah i detroit, agree that was absolutely what detroit wanted they wanted yeah. nothing more they did than to they wanted nothing more than to get Jaden ivy at five he's such a perfect fit with kate <laughs> such a perfect fit and it was like, of course, they sold out. <laughs> and yeah. like they didn't sell out and they didn't trade the pick. So right. they're gonna finish, you know, 30 and 52 again. They're gonna mix, they're gonna be like 10 games out of the play-in, and they're gonna be like, huh, what happened to us? And it's gonna be the same thing that happens every single year. I'd trade I'd, Fox. I'd trade Fox. I'd trade Fox, I'd trade Savonis, I'd trade Barnes, I'd trade everybody. Yeah. Like you traded the one guy who wanted to be there. Yeah. Like literally, that was the thing. Yeah. Halliburton was like, I want to be in Sacramento. I want to be the person who turns this around. You traded him away. Right. You like, I understand, you know, oh, it's sports. You don't need to have loyalty. But you're at the some king. point. Yeah. You're the Kings. Yeah. You need to have a guy who wants to be there. And it's, it's just so frustrating. But yeah, 
Let's go ahead and move on to the Pistons, who drafted Jaden Ivey at five. What a draft. And then through like the one of the weirdest reported trades I think we've seen in a while, ended up getting Jalen Durant at 13. Um, they also took on Kemba Walker's contract, and it sounds like they're going to buy him out. Um, and then at 36, they drafted Gabriel Proshida. I'm guessing I pronounced that right. I hope I did. I think you did, yes. Um, <laughs> Caleb, you love their draft. Yeah, I think we gosh. both agree. <laughs> Ivy next to Cunningham is a great deal. Uh-huh. I think we both like yes. Duran gives them high. Like, listen, we both like Stewart. But oh, I think I like Duran that. is a higher caliber of prospect than Stewart ever could be. And I think that was a really good get for them. What did you think of their draft? Oh my gosh, I love the draft. <laughs> I mean, this was this was by far uh, for me. This is easily top five for my favorites in the draft. Uh, I, I and if we want to do that later and at the end of the show, we can. I, I dude, this was easily my, one of my favorites. I mean, I just totally see the vision, Alex. I just, I totally see the vision. I see where they're going to play these guys. I see, I honestly, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. With them getting Duran, maybe that's a sign they aren't going to go get eight. Maybe. Um, I, I think you're building blocks. So you're building blocks of Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, um, you know, Bagley, you know, Stuart Duran. It's such a nice piece of, you know, such a nice core group there. And honestly, Alex, I love their second round pick. I think he, I think he's a terrific pick for them. He was one of the best shooters in the draft. I think the Pistons needed outside shooting, particularly from the guards. Miss me on Corey Joseph and Killian Hayes, please. I think if, if, if you can get him to just be even a solid bench guy who can give you something off the bench, you know, sorry. Why did I just say it twice? You get something, <laughs> just give you some shooting there. He he would be. That's a good pick for them. He gives some shooting. You don't need anything more fancy than just some decent shooting. And in my opinion, I you know this is a team that every one of these picks, Alex. Here's what I like about it: every single one of these picks, you see a vision for how they play in the future and right now. And in my opinion, that's exactly how NBA teams should draft. There should be a way that, you know, like I was saying, a fan should be able to see how that guy will impact as soon as he's selected. It shouldn't take him 30 minutes to figure it out. They should say, oh, he's my backup center. Oh, he's uh, he, he's going to play uh, at the wing for me. Oh, he, he's my backup guard. Like that's it. the Pistons in five seconds after every pick, you knew what they were going to do. That's just incredible work. Weaver, I think, has proven. I know that the record doesn't suggest that he is. But I think Troy Weaver is at the top tier of general management from a drafting perspective. Well, you know who whose right man, right hand man he was. He was Sam Presti's right hand man, and I think he was credited for finding a lot of their draft successes in Oklahoma City. And now he gets his own team and killing it. He is absolutely killing it, and. Yeah, Ivy, like you said, he's going to be like Ivy stud. Ivy isn't like the traditional point guard, right? But that's okay because you have the big point guard next to him. Ivy can guard the smaller, quicker guys. And that's not to say Kate can't. No. But now you can throw Kate on a two. Yeah. Your defense gets that much better by like that, right? (laughs) Then you throw Durant in there. 
Duran has a lot of tools, right? Incredible upside. Incredible yes. upside at the 13th pick. Yes. And oh yes. Gosh, yes. And it was pretty telegraphed, like pretty yeah. early yesterday that if Duran fell, they were going to try to trade for this pick from Charlotte. And they got the pick. Yeah, they did. Didn't have to take on Gordon Hayward's contract, <laughs> which <laughs> weird, weird no, how they were able the, to get away with that. Weird. The, the discourse around the Gordon Hayward contract has been weird to me, but that's a topic for another time. Um, and also Charlotte's draft was pretty weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that. Yeah, but you're right. The Pistons have a vision. They're going to be electric next year. You know, I don't I think agree. they're going to go after Aiton. I no, think they're going to they're going to go after another restricted free agent. He's a uh, he's pretty local. Um played college in East Lansing. That's right. I think they're going to go after Miles Bridges. Uh, I think they're going to throw a max deal at him. And like you said in the restricted free agent uh, pod which hasn't come out yet, which I uh, think I should put out next week. <laughs> um wow. I don't I don't know if Giving him a max is a smart idea, but when all your best players are on rookie contracts, it's not the worst idea in the world. Just, you know, have a guy who's, you know, relatively close in age to your core's age and then have him make the big bucks and then then tied to the area, connections to the area. Yeah. And Bridges is a really good scorer. Could you imagine him catching lobs from Cade? My gosh. So... I, I think it'd be perfect in a lot of respects. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see how their offseason plays out. I also, I want to say, Detroit's been Detroit went from having the bleakest situation when the season entered the bubble, right from when the season shut down. I agree. They, you know, Blake yep. was injured. Drummond. I don't think they traded or they traded Drummond to the Cavs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their best, like their most enticing prospect was Seku Demboya. And now look at where they are. Now in My two years' goodness. time, in yeah. two years' time, they're one of the most intriguing rosters in all of basketball, and that's a credit to Troy Weaver. So yes, it is. He's done a really good job turning them around. Let's go to a team that has not picked in the top ten since the 1980s, Caleb. Before either, well, before either of us were born, the Indiana Pacers. They drafted ben, Benedict Matherin, who you are basically his PR agent at this point. And they drafted um, Andrew Nembhard from Gonzaga with the 31st pick. Caleb, I, just tell people how much you love Matherin and just tell them why the Pacers nailed this pick. What an amazing pick for them. You, you basically will have a starting small forward for this. You will get a nice piece who at worst is a low end starter. He is, he is a, he is a player that will have a sustainable NBA career. He fits exactly what the Pacers like in their players. He's all about getting on the court for crying out loud, Alex Benedict Mathurin, the day that he came to Indiana worked out twice, dude, he worked out in the morning and then he worked out in the evening because he wanted to be there so much. That's the definition of an Indiana Pacer. You get a really, really nice athletic player to go with what Halliburton will like to do, which is push up the floor, get guys better. It's a home run pick, man. As soon I, my big thing was, and you know, I said this, I made this very clear. If Sacramento picked Keegan Murray, Indiana won. Like, period. It, whatever, was, whatever Detroit was going to do, we thought that whatever Detroit was going to do, that was going to be fine. The Pacers were going to win either way. 
they they benefited, I would argue, Alex, more than the Pistons did. Because I think they got a, a player that I think has incredible, safe, high upside and, and who just who has star potential. And you throw you throw him in with this collection and you got to think they're going to move off Brogdon. They made that very clear. You got to think they're going to move off Turner and you are setting the foundation for an incredibly bright future in Indiana that should make fans extremely excited for where they are going. I, I think there, I think this was a great, and I normally can't stand Kevin Pritchard in drafts, but I mean, they just, they were nailed this draft from the first round. I hated their second round pick, but their first round pick, I thought was tremendous. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about EJ Liddell in a second because we're going to get to the Pelicans in a second. Sure. I, I don't understand passing on Liddell for Nembhard. Nembhard is fine. I think he can no, be. No, he's not. I'm sorry. Like, no, no, he's not. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand it, Alex. He, I, I don't really understand it either. Um, I wasn't wowed by him. You know, you know, I saw the final four last year. Everyone yeah. who listens to this know that. Yeah. And when I saw him in person, I was like, eh. I was more impressed. Who was the guy who was on their team last year who was um, signed by the Lakers on a two-way? I know you're talking about. I, 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 Joel, I, I. Yes, I was way yeah. more impressed by him than I was by Nembhard. Yeah, totally. Nembhard to me didn't strike me as an NBA player. Like, oh. <laughs> I no. thought he was, like, <laughs> I think he can stick around the G League for a while. I think there's a lot of other guys they should have drafted instead yeah. of yes, Nembhard. Yes, there is. Whatever, you know, yep. second round is a crapshoot anyway. Matherin, like what you described, that's perfect because of Halliburton. They perfect. just need they need athletes on the wing. Yep. And that's literally perfect for them. And, you know, he's going to be close to you. We're going to have to arrange a meeting between you and Matherin. Oh, like, please. Dude, I am your biggest fan. Dude, I've been a huge it, fan of yours. You're, you're such incredible. I, I, I knew you were making that shot in the NCAA tournament. I knew you were going to make it. I knew you were, I knew you were going to do it. You know, I, 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 <laughs> Caleb's gonna dye his hair blonde and turn in like do a stand video for. I'll pull a Nick Claxton with the blonde. I'll I'll, I'll just side at the end of the bench to beg for the autograph. I I think I think he's really good, and I just I again I. You want to talk about another really intriguing roster? I, I would say Indiana has a very intriguing roster with pieces that we expect to be moved as well, which will make that roster even more intriguing. I will say there, like we talked about it, I wanted to say this to you because you need to hear it. Yeah, There's absolutely ahead. no way in hell Rick Carlisle is trading Buddy Heald. I, I hope you know that because uh, Rick Carlisle probably loves, but I, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, yeah, like just probably. based on what we know about Rick Carlisle, there's no way in hell he doesn't love what Buddy Heald brings to the table. There, there's just absolutely no way. Um, the Portland Trailblazers. So they got... Um, they got Shaden Sharp in the first round. I'm trying to see. I don't remember who they got in the second round, but I don't think it was anyone super duper significant if they did. Let's not let's ignore that. So the Blazers get the mystery man. And I don't think this was a good pick for them. I don't know where I would have got like I, where I would have wanted Sharp to go, but it wasn't a team that'll have expectations. And for better or for worse, they're going to have expectations next year. I, I, I just, I don't like the pick, Caleb. What do you think? It's a horrible pick. I mean, I, I, I remember watching it and thinking, okay, so you want to rush? To, hold up. Let me get this straight, Alex. This is the same organization that said, you know what? 
We have Damian Lillard, who's a top 10 to 15 player. So we're going to do everything in our power, Alex, to get pieces that are going to win for you right now. Right? I mean, that's you made, they made that clear. So you go out and you get Jeremy Grant. That accelerates your win now piece. You have Simons, which I'm not a huge Simons guy, but you have Simons. So you have a good guard. You have Josh who can play the two Why did they not go get another wing? Why did they not go get another wing? You got Keon Johnson last year, if you remember, Alex, in mm-hmm. a trade to board, to get another young asset for two guard. So then you go out and get another two guard. In my opinion, they absolutely should have been a Jeremy Sochin team. Absolutely. Probably. They would, have, they would have been a really nice Jeremy Sochin team. Because what you could have done is you could have said he could have given you a contingency plan. So if Jeremy Grant and Damian Lillard, if it didn't work, Sochin could have easily stepped into that role for you. And I'm not a huge social guy at all. And that's why we will talk about the Spurs and I will bash them to pieces. But when I look at the when I look at the Blazers, that to me, they blew an opportunity, Alex. And honestly, they lied to their fans because you can't sit here and tell me that Satan Sharp is a right now player. You can't. You can't. You, you just you just can't. I, I think it was a horrible pick. I think they should have gone after another wing. I think they should have gone after another form. I think it should have. I like their talent. Like, I like Trenton Wofford a lot. I like Nasir Little a lot. Um, I don't think Winslow was bad for them. But, I mean, add another guy to the room. Add another guy to the room. That would have made much more sense to me. Um, honestly, I, would, I, I, I just don't understand why they went and got a two-guard. When you look at what Simons did for you and what Josh Hart has been for you since he arrived here, it, it just makes no sense. Total mismanagement of resources. It's shocking coming from Portland that they don't do something right. I, I just I can't believe it. It's it's weird, like you said. Um they have <laughs> like you were bringing up, they have a glut of two guards on their roster. Right. I can't imagine that they're keeping all of them. <laughs> And I don't know, like, I just feel like you should have traded this pick for a veteran. Yeah. Why not yeah trade? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have even minded that. Yeah. Why would I not agree. trade for Harrison Barnes? Why not trade for, I agree, like someone like that? You yep. just, you blew it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, and Damian Lillard aren't going to, aren't really intriguing to me huh. as much as I like Dame. Like, it's yeah. not really an intriguing trio. So, and, you know, Simons, if they were able to get someone like Ananobi, That'd be great. But I don't think there was any, I don't think Masai, you know, Masai doesn't no. take a deal like that unless no. he's absolutely winning it. I don't think he saw a way he was winning it. No, he did. So he's not going to take that because OG is way better than whoever they could have got at seven. And you can't tell me, Alex, that Sacramento would have done that. No, I Sacramento. I feel like I, that, that should have been a done deal. If, if that sh- was offered, it should have been a done deal. I don't know if it was offered. It should have been offered. Should have been, but you know, should have, could have, would have, right? Yeah, Especially right. when it's dumb yes. franchise, dumb franchises like the Kings. I I just don't get it. I think the Blazers are putting a cap on themselves. They're going to win 39 games, you know, host the play in game and probably lose in the second one. I, oh, I just, gosh. And that's kind of a wasted season if you're talking to a guy like Damian Lillard who, was an older draft pick, like Bradley Beal's only turning 29, right? If my math's right. Yep. Damian yep. Lillard will be turning 32. That's correct. So, 
it's getting up there in age, man. Yeah. And point guards don't always age the best. Nope. <laughs> so I'll be really curious to see what's going on there. Yeah. So let's move on to the Pelicans then. The Pelicans, number eight, draft Dyson Daniels out of the G League. And at number 41, one of the steals of the draft, EJ Liddell. Caleb, I feel like Daniels, I feel like the, you didn't like the Daniels one so much, but I think we both agree. Liddell at 41, absolute steal. And of absolute course, steal. of course the Pelicans got him. Yep. And, and, you know, here's the thing. I, I you, you actually talked to me about this point and I, and honestly, really, I'm starting to agree with it. I don't Dyson Daniels from an upside. I am not a believer in Dyson Daniels being a star. So I kept looking at it from that range. Like when I'm looking at a top 10 pick, I'm thinking high upside. I really don't think he has that high of upside. I really don't. And if you're the Pelicans, like you said, Alex, earlier, and you were telling me, it's like if you're, if you're New Orleans and you're getting a guy who can play really good defense at bare minimum, he does the job at bare minimum. And I would say Dyson Daniels can play defense at bare minimum. And that's a win. You know, well, the part that I'm a little confused with, and, and I guess I would need your thoughts then, is you would have traded Kyra Luce if you didn't think he would have been a part of your team's future, I think. So you have him still. You have Dyson Daniels. You have Devontae Graham. Is there a way or in a world where all three of those guys are playing for the New Orleans Pelicans? I could see it. I mean, so here's the thing, right? Daniels is huge, right? Like, I think Daniels yes. is like six, seven, six, eight. Yeah. So you could theoretically play him. You could start him next to CJ. You could play him off the bench next to Graham, and he'd cover for their biggest weakness, right? Both of them. Yeah. So yeah. there's a world where they can make it work. I think probably if I was to trade one, I'd trade Graham. Like, I think... I agree. I think Lewis... I really like Lewis. I, like I mean, we didn't see him last year, so we didn't get to see, like, what improvements he made. But... I'm a big Lewis guy. I like Lewis a lot. I yeah. think he could be a good, impactful piece. Yeah. And so you have, you know, the... Like, a three-headed monster in the backcourt, right? Between Daniels, Lewis, and CJ. And then you have Herb Jones who can play up a spot, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is which is crazy. Right. Yeah, that he can play up a spot, but you have yeah. So their backcourt's just a lot better than it was last year. Yeah, which is what yeah. they needed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, once they traded for CJ Caleb, you saw, and once Ingram came back, they yeah. took off. Yeah, and they had a hellacious run and made the playoffs. Yeah, so I I think. I'd trade Graham if I was going to trade any of them. I don't think I, I would trade him, though, because he can at least say what you will about him. If you get run into injury problems, right, he could put the ball in the basket for you. And so he's a good contingency plan to have. He's not making that much in the grand scheme. I think he's only making, what, like 13 million? Well, and you have Alvarado. Who, yeah, and you Alvarado. I forgot about yeah, Alvarado. So yeah. Alvarado, who's like if TJ McConnell could hit threes. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. I'm Graham's probably going to be the, he's probably going to get the short straw, but I wouldn't get rid of him because he could get the punch that you need sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think he, he gives you some scoring. Um, again, I, I like this draft a lot. I don't think there needs to be a whole lot more said. I, I like this. I, I like this draft. I see the, again, I see where the, where it lines up, you know, 
For sure. It'll be interesting to see <laughs> what, how they proceed with their offseason because they got a free lottery picks for all intents yeah. and purposes. Right, right. And I mean, the Lakers did win a championship, but there's a chance they get a lot more lottery picks from the Lakers. If yeah, the Lakers yeah there is. If they don't manage things right. So that'll be interesting to see. San Antonio Spurs, Caleb. Oh, my God. Jeremy Sohan picked ninth. Malachi Branham out of Ohio State picked 20th. Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame picked 25th. Caleb, the Spurs have a type. They have a type. They love that 6'5 shooting guard who's dynamic with the ball in his hands. (laughs) What a joke. I mean, if you're the Spurs... Horse draft and worst draft. I, I worst draft. It, it was my it was my least favorite draft. Not even close. I I don't I don't understand anything that they just did. I really don't understand anything that they've done in the last five years. You basically, if you're the Spurs, Alex, I want to make sure I have this correct. You came out and you reported that you have so much guard depth and you're trying to get rid of it. You are trying to get rid of all this guard depth and you are trying to get some stuff for your team and improve your team in, in multiple different ways. I, I have that correct, right? I have that correct. They wanted I mean, guard depth. They wanted they wanted to explore Lonnie Walker trades. They explored figuring out ways to uh, upgrade in, in certain positions. Uh, you drafted Josh Primo last year. You went out and you weren't sure about that. Uh, Devin Vassell, you traded for Romeo Langford, like, you know, fair to say they were, they have all this talent and they need to figure out what to do with it. And I am a belief that I just, I have never been a Jakob Purtle guy. I have never been a Jakob Purtle guy. And the Spurs do not have any sort of front court depth. They have none. They have none. They, to me, it, it, unless you think Sochin is a four, if you think Sochin is a four, then that, I think it's a smart pick. But if you if you don't think Sochin is a four, which I do not, then you literally just loaded your perimeter even more. And then what? So are you trading DeJounte Murray to Atlanta like that smoke was happening? If you are, I think that's actually smart now because you 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 literally you need something down low. You need something down low. Um, I think this is by far the worst draft. Uh, sad part is I like a lot of the players they drafted. I like I, I like Brandon a lot as a player. I just don't see the playing time. I like I like Wesley. Uh, I don't see the playing time. And I just I really don't understand the entire last five seasons from the Spurs. This this draft just makes it's such a setback for them. So. Okay, so they so what position do you have Sohan playing then? Because it seems to me the way he's built, he seems like a five almost. Oh, like just know. just based on the like his frame, six nine, two thirty. Oh, I don't see like, him as a five. But like I see him playing I, I don't know. This is my problem with Sohan, right? Yeah. If he's the kind of guy that draft evaluators fall in love with, right? Uh, you, yes, so do you have is. him as do you have him more of a, a three, I'm guessing? Yeah. I got him as a three and a four. I do not think he could play the five, Alex. Well, that's that's the problem with Sohan. That's why I don't. Yeah. That's why I didn't care for him. Right. Right. Like. Right. Sure, he does a lot of good things on a basketball court. Yeah. Those, those players are great, right? Yeah. If they can't shoot, then they don't matter. <laughs> you. And you have players. You have players like that already on your team. 
I mean, Kelvin Johnson, low key, took a massive step forward last year. Yeah, I did. So you have Kelvin Johnson who could play the four theoretically. You yeah. have yeah. Sohan who's like theoretically a three four. I I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. Like I like Pirtle a lot more than you, but I'm not gonna act like he's, you know, God's gift to earth. I think he's Spurs do. Like he's probably like a top one fifty player. Like maybe closer to 100 than 150, but it doesn't change the fact that he's not a top 100 player. Like he's a good rim protector. He's a good lob man, but you can find like, and then to be fair, they're not paying him. They're not paying him like a no, max they're contract. They're, yeah. They have him on a pretty good contract. Yeah, they do. But you can find a lot of guys like Acapertle, right? Yeah, you can. So to me, I, I just don't know. Like, I wouldn't have taken Williams there from... Duke, I don't think he would have been good there either, but no. he probably would have been better than Sohan. Like, the, the problem with them is, like you were telling me, and I agree with it, it's like the athletic big man is like, I don't know what it is, but like they aren't, that's never been their thing. Like the Williams, the Duran, like well, no, it's, that type of big man, like that's not, like what would have made sense to me, honestly, is getting Kessler. Sure. Like but I think everyone would have roasted them if they took Kessler ninth. If ninth, I wouldn't have taken him ninth. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm. If you took him at twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I would have taken I him. At, see I, I would have taken him at twenty. I would have. I would have taken him at. I would have taken him at twenty, and I would have gone Soshin, and then I would have gone Kessler to get my front court depth, and then I would have maybe considered taking a shot on a guard. But even then, I probably would have tried to trade down. I, I just think that they had an opportunity. And like, I mean, I look at this list of guards, Alex, and a lot of these guards I really like. But you have to pick and choose. And I think they have to make a big trade. I think they need to make a big trade. And it's got to be to get rid of some of these guards and upgrade in some other – and upgrade, I think, down low. But it's, I don't understand it either because – Vassell looked really good last year. I agree. Like when you, they put the ball in Vassell's hands, he was doing stuff with it. Like he was looking like an act. Like I'm not going to say, I he like was a, I'm not going to say he's going to be a star, no. but in terms of like the guys, I think they have that old pop. I think he's the most likely to pop. So why pick two? Like, I mean, maybe you could Bingo. talk yourself into Branham playing the three. Like what, how tall is Branham? Is he six, five? No, no you could talk there yourself is. into playing the three. You but, can totally do it. Wesley to me. So correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, the knock yeah. on Wesley seems to be that he can't shoot. Is that correct? I would say that's correct. And then I would say the other thing for him is I just really don't think he was ready. I think he jumped the gun too soon. And I just, I feel like he absolutely uh, should have waited uh, to next year. Uh, number one, because I think Notre Dame would have been in the national championship hunt. And I understand we're not in college basketball, but you know, that's a player that would have benefited from being on a really, sure. really good team. And then would have been able to get himself in a better position next year for drafting purposes. I mean, Duke made the final four and they had four guys drafted right. in the first round and they had a fifth yes. drafted in the second round. So yes. your point is well taken there. Um, and like, if you want to go to last year, like Gonzaga, Suggs yes. was drafted. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Mitchell uh-huh. was drafted top ten. If they hadn't won the championship, he probably yeah. wouldn't have been drafted top ten. So, yeah. your point is well taken. Teams like winning, and I just, it's weird. It's just weird. They have a type. <laughs> it's so weird. I when really you, don't get it. 
I don't get it either because those aren't the guys you win with, right? Like, like look at the Suns, right? What? How did the Suns build through the draft? They got six. The nine, they got six nine forwards. And if you, I, don't, I didn't read that Arnovitz piece, but it sounds like the Suns are very disinterested in building through the draft now, which is very funny to me. But it's. <laughs> I don't get that. I, listen, man, more power to you, James, but it sounds like sounds like well, you guys are being cheap. Um, I think that you need to be, I think if you're not going to have like a traditional superstar at the wing, right? Like if you're not going to have a Kevin Durant, Giannis Kumbo, LeBron James, right? Right. You need to build your team with good complementary wings. Yeah. Look at the Warriors. Look at the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins. They don't win that championship without Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins is a special case because Andrew Wiggins is like a top 10 athlete in the league and he bought into playing a role. Right. Right. And so that's a little bit different. But look at all the teams that made the Eastern Conference finals. Right. Who was the one with the worst wing depth? Right. The Heat. They lost. The Heat. They lost. And the Mavericks. Right. How did they make the conference finals? They had really good wing depth outside of Luka. So I just, I don't understand. Like those guys aren't wings in the traditional sense. Like those guys are guards and they don't. And the problem is they have the same skill sets. Exactly. That, that part of it, I can't underestimate enough. You can draft the guy with similar size and height. If they have multiple different skill sets, none of those guys have different skill sets. None of them. Like they're all, they all like to handle the ball. Yeah. They all like to pull up off the dribble. I'd say Vassell is the one that's the most different to be fair. I think Vassell, and Primo, I think Primo defensively, Primo defensively I, gives you a lot for sure. I think Vassell also has more of like Vassell can be a complimentary player and yes. a ball handler. Yes. I think Branham has that quality too. So I'll give yeah. him like, based on what I've heard and what I saw in the tournament. Yeah. I think Branham's he could be a good, I think Branham could be a complimentary player. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I agree with everything you're saying. Like their process is so confusing. Really hated the draft. It, it's not, not great. That's <laughs> a horrible draft. Yes, that is very bad. Um, the Washington Wizards, second round pick. I don't really care for picks in the 50s, honestly. Um, first top 10 pick, they drafted Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. I heard a lot of differing opinions on Davis, Caleb. So what do you think the Wizards got here? And is it a good pick for at that I think, spot? I think he's a true scorer. Uh, I think he's a really, I think he's going to be a guy that can, can find a way to put the ball in the hole. And I, I think he's got some two-way action to him too. Uh, but to be honest with you, Alex, I think you pick Johnny Davis unless you know Brad Beal's at the door. Interesting. Uh, I, he's, a, he's, a, he's a two guard. That's, that's what he is. He's not a point guard. He's a two guard. Um, you don't pick top 10 to just sit the guy on a freaking bench. You, you've had too many guys in Washington who can't get minutes because they don't know how to use their picks in the right spot. So I honestly do. I think you pick Johnny Davis because I believe Brad Beal is moving on. And so in that case, I think it's a great pick because that's that he's just your replacement. Washington, to me, I think I think they've got trades. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are with Washington. What I saw with this draft is we are going to see a new era of Wizards basketball. I think they will probably move on with some pieces. Um, I think, you know, this obvious, miss me on obvious, Hachimura, Kispert, uh, you know, that, that group, I think we're a Kuzma. I think there's a quick KCP. There's a chance we see some of these guys, that group, that pod, uh, move away. 
Uh, I am. I think Johnny Davis is a really, really good pick for them. If if what I believe happens is true, which is Beal is out of there. What's funny is you brought up Avdia, and no, Avdia is Jeremy Sohan, like literally to a T. Can't shoot. Yeah. Does a lot yeah. of good things on a basketball court. Yeah. Is not going to matter because when it matters most, he won't be able to play because he can't shoot. He can't shoot and. He's not really doing it's, anything on off. I, that's my problem. He obviously when I didn't laugh, when I didn't like Avi in the draft was I just didn't think I offensively he was posing anything for you. He was really just like like you said. Some people just love they just love the wings so much that it doesn't matter what skill sets they give. To and be that clear, to me was obvious. I liked Denny's game. Man, I didn't. I think well, I think there's a player there, right? But. 31% from three both years. Um, he improved as a free throw shooter this year, but it, he didn't take very many attempts still. Yeah, I, he just like, he can't shoot. And if you can't shoot from three, you're like, for all intents and purposes, you can't play in the playoffs. And that's the whole reason you draft a wing like Avier Sohan. So I'm done with that. I just think he is not the answer. I mean, I'm prioritizing Rui. I'm prioritizing Kispert. I'm prioritizing Kuzma over Advia. I mean, it's, it's not really close. This is not an Avdia podcast, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be tough because I don't think they want to trade Beal. I think they want to keep him. I think Leonsis really likes the mediocrity. I think he likes winning, which is crazy because they've been since John Walter's Achilles, they've been the definition of mediocrity. Mediocrity. Um so I, I just don't get it, but they're it's clear they're not gonna move in a different direction. So like unless- I really think Beal, that's to me, it sets up a Beal trade. It's it's I agree with you. I don't it seems like they aren't going to do it, but that's what, to me, that is what a Johnny Davis pick does is allows you to get off of that and get whatever you feel like you need. Perhaps it'll be, listen, it'll be interesting to see. I think they have a lot of different ways they can go. Um, We already talked about picks 11 through 13. So the Mm -hmm. last lottery pick we got to discuss is Ochai Jabi. I am going, I'm going to be terrible. Agbaji. 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 To the Cleveland Cavaliers at 14. Mm Mm-hmm. I really like this pick for them. I thought they just needed more solid depth, especially with how many injury issues they went Fair. through last year. How did you feel about this pick? That's how I'd summarize it. Um, I think they're they they're going to need the depth. Um, I feel like Cleveland, uh, in the sense of uh, when I look at their roster and I look at their roster construction, um, I do like a lot of their guards. Like I, so like the part of me is like like okay, well if you have all these guards and I like these guards, well then how are you going to really fit a guy like this in, but I do think he's a good shooter and you they could use that. So I think if you're the Cavs, if like Alex, you've been a big believer in the fact that they will probably move on from Sexton. Correct. Do I have that? I, I just think they will. I don't, I wouldn't do it, but I think they will. So then if you do, you're, you have, in this case, you have a construction of Garland, Levert, Okoro, Mobley and Allen Markinen, he fits right on your bench. Agbaji does. He would fit perfectly on your bench. Uh, I, I just, I think he makes a lot of sense for, for that perspective. And I don't think his upside's very high. 
I'll say that. I don't think his upside is very high. I think he is what he is as a player, um, which is not a bad player, but I think he is what he is as a player. And I think if you're Cleveland, a very, very safe pick. And just somebody that can come in, plug into your rotation as soon as he gets there. Like he's an older guy, you know, he's, he knows his skill sets and for Cleveland, I don't think that's a bad thing because I, I think you got a lot of guys who have some upside to get to that you're trying to untap. And I think just getting a guy with maybe limited upside, Alex is not a bad thing for this franchise. For sure. I think like they have a chance to be a, like they should have made the playoffs last year. I they didn't. Yeah. Um, that pick would have gone to Indiana if they had made the playoffs. So it's probably a good thing. They didn't make the playoffs. So they could get one more lottery pick. Um, I think it'll be like, it's like a single, right? But they are, yeah, yeah. the difference is like some franchises, right? They hit a single with the bases empty. Right now, the right. Cavs have a runner on second. That's exactly right. So, That's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do next year. I think they could win 50 games. I, I mean, winning 50 games wasn't out of the question for them this year until they wow. all started dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. So, they're going to be a team to watch yeah. in the upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Um, at 15, I think we should rapid fire through some of these. Yeah, go ahead. 15, Hornets draft Mark Williams. Is this the center the Hornets have been looking for? Yep. I think he does exactly what you need. You can move off Plumley. Uh, he's a rim protector. He's a lob threat. Uh, he will fit in immediately. Love the pick. AJ Griffin to the Hawks at 16. Caleb, do the Hawks. Is Coach K going to be the next coach of the Atlanta Hawks? Jalen Johnson. AJ Griffith. Yeah. I, I think a very good pick. Uh, I, I think he gives him a lot of shooting. Uh, my issue with this pick, though, is I really don't see how he plays. If you have a re, you extend Herder, you have Hunter, uh, you have Bogdanovich, side of Bogdanovich, uh, Gallinari. Uh, I, I just, I really feel like you have to move off some pieces to get this guy to play because I just don't see the, but I think he, from a skill set perspective, he helps. For sure. I will be really interested to see because, you know, I like Atlanta's developmental team. Yeah. At the very least, they're really good at develop, finding talent and developing it. Developing it. But we'll see how that goes for them this year yeah. because they appear to have hit the Nate McMillan wall. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Unfortunate as that sounds, I was I thought maybe Nate McMillan had snapped out of his old ways. Nope. No, he had no, not. He did not. Um, it sucks to say because I really like McMillan. I but do. It is what it is, right? Yep. Dale and Terry to the Bulls at 18. Awesome. What is what is Dale and, like I didn't hear a whole lot of dra- draft type about him. Like, what is he and how will he fit on the Bulls? Well, number one, Alex, he's gonna give you some wing defense. He's going to give you a guy who can put the ball on the floor, who can shoot it. He's got a variety of skill set to you. Uh, you know, again, he's part of a winning team, was a really nice piece with Mathurin in Arizona. And I, I think this was a home run pick for Chicago, actually, because what you're getting, what, what, what you're getting from Duran is, is a complimentary piece there that's going to allow you even more flexibility on defense. They need defense. I am so off Kobe White. It's not even funny. You have Desumu. You have Caruso. You have Green. I think Green can play the floor. I think I think that you could have real minutes for Terry next next year on a, on a promising Chicago Bull team. I love the pick. Absolutely I, love the pick. 
I'm really curious to see how the Bulls approach this offseason and what they yes. do about Vooch. That is, yeah. I think, yeah. I'm in Bulls country right now, Caleb, as you know. Um, like, my little brother was saying, you have to trade Vooch. Like, if you trade Vooch, here's the pro- here is the problem, real quick. Only problem with you trade Vooch is I really don't know what you're going to do with the five. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Well, my little brother was saying trade 18 Kobe White and Vooch for a Gobert, which would break my my regular co-host's brain. Um, I think he would stop rooting for the holes if that happened. But yeah, I would do that though. I listen, they're gonna I would have done that. I think they should have done that, but they should have done that. I don't know if, if Utah that was there, they should have done it. I don't know if Utah would have accepted it, but I don't even it'll be it'll be interesting to see what yeah. path they go down from this um the grizzlies so they traded with the wolves they got the 19th pick and traded with the sixers ended up getting the 23 pick they traded d'anthony melton to the sixers which i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that but that is such a daryl morey move like yeah it is melton is such like a analytics darling it's no i'm surprised it didn't happen sooner quite frankly like (laughs) it's like there i don't think there's a player that the analytics love more than d'anthony melton and I'm not surprised he ended up as a Philadelphia 76er. But this, the Grizzlies draft Jake LaRavia out of Wake Forest, draft David Roddy out of Colorado State, and trade with the Spurs into the second round to get Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee. Caleb, I just trust everything the Grizzlies yeah. do. Yeah. And like when I, I don't know why, because I don't feel like a team is better at nailing the draft right now than the Grizzlies are. Do you how do you like these moves? Just like take like take it out of that lens for a second. Yeah. If this was a team that wasn't the Grizzlies, how would you like these moves? Great moves. I think that these three players immediately contribute for a winning franchise. LaRavia would not have been a great piece on a team that's looking to develop. He's a great piece for a team that's looking to win now. I would argue that David Roddy is the definition of if he went to a rebuilding team, he's going to suck. So he needed to go and be on a team that wins now. That is Memphis. Uh, would have been Philly too. Philly honestly could have used him. And then I think the pick in the second round with Kennedy Chandler uh, suggests, in my opinion, that Tyus Jones is moving on. And I, I think it's a good riddance. If you add Kennedy Chandler, I think Kennedy Chandler would be a really good backup point guard. And I don't think you miss a beat. So I, I, I like Memphis. I think that's a good, I think that's a great trap for them. I think they did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, I think that all these three guys could play and help them immediately. Kennedy was also a Tennessee guy, and to bring him in, you, you could get some fan engagement there, and his potential is really high. From Nashville, like yeah, yeah, I mean it's a home run deal for them. Oh, for sure. I think, and plus, I really like Chandler too. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I do think Tyus is a great point, uh, not a, a great point oh. guard. He's a great backup point guard. Like uh, the assist to turnover ratio, God. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I really, I don't think they should let him go, but if they're going to start salary dumping, then maybe he's he's a guy. I think if you're going to salary, if you're going to get out of some salary, I feel like he's got to be on the top of that list though. Alex, I mean, I, I also think someone will probably give him 10 million a year this summer. I think someone could end up giving him like a three for 30. And I, I understand the Grizzlies maybe not wanting to match that, but man, like <laughs> you had such a great thing going last year. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm more in favor of keeping the band together than most though. 
Like so, I'm, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to, I like to see groups stay together, but sure. Oh, I agree. That, that's, that is what it is. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the nuggets. So the nuggets draft Christian Brown at 21 and then they draft Peyton Watson at 30. So I know you really didn't like the Brown pick and I know you really like the Watson pick. Do those cancel each other out and you give the nuggets a seat yeah. for this draft? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good way to summarize it, but I would argue that Christian Brown will give you defense. And that's what I kept thinking about after the draft. Denver could use that in their backcourt. If you give Chris, Christian Brown does give you that. He's a way better version of a Compazzo type. He's a way better, you know, he's going to give you better defense. He's a much better two-way guy there uh, for backup minutes. And Peyton Watson is incredible upside. I, I could see him be a very, like a Jeremy Grant-esque player for Denver. Like when he was there, just kind of a rangy wing who can cut, finish around the basket. And he was a top 10 pick heading into this freshman, or sorry, a top 10 recruit heading into his freshman year at UCLA. The talent's undoubtedly there. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And Denver has tremendous development and talent. So I I honestly, I wouldn't even consider this draft to C anymore. I got it as a B. Well, hey, that, you talked yourself into it. I love yep. it. Yeah. Um, so the Bucks at 24, or sorry, no, I skipped over the Timberwolves. Timberwolves trade to 22 and 29. They trade 29 to Houston. That's where they select Ty Ty Washington. Mm-hmm. And so they end up with picks 22 and 26. 22, they select Walker Kessler. 26, they draft Wendell Moore out of Duke. How do you like those two picks for the Timberwolves? I think they both help. Kessler gives you protection on the rim. I think it's fair to say that Timberwolves needed that uh, and we're looking for that, even though I like Nas Reed and I think he's really, really, really good. Yeah, I, I like Nas Reed too. I, yeah. I, I, like I, I wouldn't get rid of him. Like I don't like, I don't want him to abandon him. I mean, right. yeah, there's a difference, right? You can get a rim protector, but you don't want to like go out and go over the top with it. Uh, Wendell Moore, I think, is just a very smart piece because he knows who he is as a player. And I think that's the type of pieces that Minnesota needs. They need to find guys who just know who they are because they have a lot of guys like McDaniels, uh, Noel, um, who are, I feel like, can do a lot of things. And Moore just kind of knows who he is. Decent score, gives you 15 minutes a game, nothing more, nothing less. And I just feel like that's a, if he hits, he's just going to be a really effective player in their second unit. For sure. I, that's going to be really interesting to see. Cause now Connolly, Connolly was a pretty good drafter Yeah, he was in Denver. And I want yeah. I'm pretty sure those two picks are going to make an impact for yeah. the wolves there. Yeah. Um, at 24, the Bucks select Marjan Bochamp. They also had a few second-round picks, but I don't feel like <laughs> going into yeah. the Bucks second-round yeah. picks. Um, you like Bochamp to the Bucks? Can you explain why? Because I think he has really good upside, and he's kind of a three and he's like a three and D type for them. And I feel like the Bucks really need that. He's six five. 200. I think he's a little, I, I would definitely get him in the weight room, but I think he's a, a player that, you know, he, he's, he just, his range and what he's going to give Milwaukee is something they so desperately need. Um, he's a young bird. If, if he could get some shooting into him, you're looking at Alex, a really nice project there. I could see him get those Wes Matthews minutes and I could see the Grayson Allen minutes, depending on how they feel about him open up for somebody like Bo champ, because I, I, I just think there's, there's an opportunity there for immediate playing time. I think so too. Um, 
you have Pat Connaughton, who for sure is going to play. And then after that, everything is else is wide open. Air, so yeah, I, I totally agree with your assessment there. Yeah. Um, you did not like this one at all. At number 27, the Heat selects Nikola Jovic out of Serbia. Um, what are you doing? I didn't understand this at all. Listen, maybe it's just because there wasn't any. I know. Why didn't Pat Riley just do what he always does and draft the Kentucky guy? Go for the hometown, you know. I would have drafted Hardy. I mean, Hardy, really, like they should have drafted Liddell because they I would have hated that. They need a front court depth. Yeah. And this is not the kind of front court depth they need. No, no. Because you had it already. You have a guy like that. Depending on how you feel about Yurt Seven, Alex, that, that's that's kind of what he is. Jovic and Yurt Seven cancel each other out. I just I really hate that pick for Miami. I, I just think he creates even more. He he doesn't fix anything. He doesn't fix anything. He doesn't help anything. He doesn't make your team better. Uh he wouldn't have been able to play for them in the playoffs. Um, I, horrible pick. Horrible pick. I really think Miami messed up. I would have gone. I agree with you. I would have gone Liddell. Um, I would have gone Peyton Watson. I would have gone. Uh, I, honestly, would have been. I would have gone Patrick Baldwin. I would have gone. Um, honestly, there, yeah. there's so many pieces I would have looked at going for for them at the wing. Three, four that they didn't go for. I just don't get it. Yeah, because this is like a developmental move for them. Because yeah. Jovic sounds like an intriguing prospect. Like, I'm not going to act like he doesn't, like he's not. But that's not the kind of move you make if you're a team like the Heat. Indiana like, kicked his crease. Indiana blew his team's crease earlier in the offseason, Alex. They played Jovic. They played Jovic. They went out to the overseas. They played this guy. And he looked looked, he looked horrible. He, he looked horrible against Trace Jackson Davis, which all this, you know, for, for people that don't know who are more on the NBA side, Trace Jackson Davis is a high-level All-American big man in college. But his his potential in the NBA is probably not first round. So if he's getting killed by somebody like that, what's going to make you think that he's going to be able to get better against NBA level big men? Miss me, please. That is incredible. Um, last first round pick we got to discuss because we've actually talked about all of them. Yeah. Um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. to the Warriors at 28. Um, Baldwin, as we know, was a no top picks. 10 recruit coming out. Like, I think he might have even been a top five recruit coming out last year. And he disappointed. He's even the right word for it. He flat out stunk. Um, The Warriors just must be going for the shooting pedigree here because I don't understand. Like, I mean, listen, they're they're the champions. So this pick, in a sense, doesn't you shoot for the upside, I suppose, because they are trying to do that weird dual building team thing. I just, I just don't get it. No, thanks. That pick is, that pick's not a good pick. Uh, I, unless they just all of a sudden get him to develop, which I just don't think is going to happen. Uh, I, I, I don't like the pick. I just don't like the pick. I think they have, uh, I, I don't, I really don't see the playing time. You, he's a wing three, four man. Uh, I'm prioritizing Kaminga. I don't know about you, but I'm prioritizing Kaminga. I'm prioritizing Moody. I'm prioritizing Wiggins. I'm prioritizing Poole. Uh, that's already four or five, four or five guys I just mentioned to you. Uh, I just, to me, that is not, I honestly would have gone point guards. Yeah. I would have gone Ty Ty Washington. Alex. Probably. 
I think I think there there's a window and an understanding of look like just just get yourself a good backup point guard. If Curry, if, like, because we you know any guy ages, you can't sit there. You play like forty minutes a game. Like if you if you went out and got Ty Ty Washington just as a solid backup point guard, I would that would have made more sense to me. I don't think they really have a backup point guard. So if you if you had if you drafted that, I, I would have I would have thought that made much more sense to go on with Baldwin. For Gary sure, Payton. I like Gary Payton. Like, come on. It's, it's weird. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, I I don't get it. Like why I don't, I personally wouldn't pick a guy who struggled against horizon league athletes. My God. Um, that's me. Yeah. We have to talk about one more second round pick. I, I want you to give a sleeper. So think about this while you're in, while you're talking about this guy. Okay. But your guy, Christian Coloco, you really love the Arizona guys in this draft. Arizona yeah, might be your sneaky. Last year was your sneaky team. Um, Christian Coloco to the Raptors. I like based on everything you described, he sounds phenomenal like a phenomenal pick. Phenomenal pick. True five. You know, he's not just some wannabe five man like the Raptors have had for freaking for forever. He's a true five man. He's physical, bruiser, shot blocking, versatile. He gives you everything that you need just in a second round grade. He, he's not, you know, Mark Williams or Jalen Duran in his versatility, uh, but he is the second round version of it. And I feel like for the Raptors, like he just gives them a really nice five man who can come in, who can help them. A lot of draft guys, Alex, really like this pick. I can tell you that right now. Uh, a lot of them think that he's got high value, and I do too. I feel like he, he's a guy that really gives them true a true five. And if you were going to do anything with the front court, if you were Toronto, that's what you would have done. And Coloco gives you a true five. And we all know Masai's track record. Like, yeah, there's a few people you trust in the league intrinsically, right? You trust mm-hmm. Memphis's front office. You trust, um, you trust Tim Connolly. You, tr- I, I, Pat Riley's Just, draft draft track record has not been the best, so no I wouldn't say not. him. I would not say it's nope. him. The Lakers honestly have been pretty good at identifying talent. Mm-hmm. Like, other than those teams, though, mm-hmm. everyone else is kind of a crapshoot. But yeah. if I trust. If you get laying on the one of the guys I draft or one of the guys that drafts really well, mm-hmm. odds are you'll either work out or some like they'll find good value for you. Mm-hmm. You have like a second round sleeper. Okay, well, we should talk about Jaden Hardy to the Mavericks. Well, let's talk about him and then another second round sleeper. You thought this was the steal of the draft, didn't you? Yeah. I think because what uh, this guy was as recruited as Chet in high school to give any context, the talent was insane. He just struggled in the G league ignite for like the first half of the year. But if you're Dallas, the it's a great, it's such a win-win situation. If he hits, you look like a genius. You, you look like a total genius. And if he doesn't hit, it's really not going to matter. It's not going to kill their team. It's such a win-win option for them because you're getting a top five talent at pick 37. And I just I think when you're when you're a team like Dallas, that's the type of guys you need to go for. You need talent. And he gives you that. And I think he can give you some nice depth uh, for sleepers. So I'm going to be clear. I'm going to pick a sleeper that we haven't mentioned because we've talked okay. about Coloco. We've talked about Hardy. We've talked about Liddell. Um, I, I think it's Bryce McGowan's. Uh, I think Bryce McGowan's is a rangy wing score who can put the ball in the hole. Charlotte could really use him. Uh, I think he gives the pathway for Gordon Hayward uh, to get out. 
when you put in buckets the way this man does, that will translate, my good friends. That will translate. He is absolutely an incredible scorer. Uh, I think I think he is a nice piece for the Hornets, and he gives them creation. Uh, and and I think he can also create for others. Like for some reason, they've always been infatuated with Gordon Hayward's creation. I think Charlotte will give will get a really nice player here at McGowan's at Big Forty. That's what I love to hear. I don't have any um, <laughs> sleeper insights because you know how I felt about Liddell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't. I didn't watch a whole lot of G League Ignite or European basketball this year. So I I will say what I saw of Isaiah Mobley. I think on, like if they could get him on a two way, I don't think they will be able to get him on a two way because you know the brother thing. But I think Isaiah could use some time in the G League. But there is something there. I don't think he's like, I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you think. But I think there's something you could work with with Isaiah Mobley. Am I off base there? Um, I think he's the definition of he's got the right body, but he's not going to be anything outside of that. I mean, he's got the right body. Six ten. He's a big, he's, he's got the right body. He's got the right profile. Uh, he's got the right measurements i just really think in terms of what he's going to give you um it, it would be one of those guys where like i mean i don't i don't really see star i don't even really see starter uh i i think he's just kind of a at most a fine bench option which for the cleveland i get that might be worth it at pick 49 uh, might be if, you worth get, it. if you get like a backup center at pick 49 on like a cost controlled contract yeah, I don't know if he's a backup center, but I think I think he's a I think he gives you some forward depth. He he might be able to get you off of uh uh Osman. He he might be able to get get you off of him and and then I think if you're if you're the Cavs that might be something to consider. Oh, you and Shetty Osman, you will never ever stop hating that man. No, I didn't hate on old. I did not hate on Osman there. I did not. One fir- of the first things you ever said when we were on a podcast together was Yes, I did. I, I don't even have to I remind said. you, but I'm for the audience, of what I said, I'm aware of what said, I said. Shetty Osman, emphasis on Shetty. <laughs> so, I, I, I listen. It's fine to admit that you're a hater sometimes, Caleb. We, we all I'm do not, it. I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his game, but I do think that's you what said he was shitty the first time you were on this podcast. What a, are you I'm talking not, about? I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not okay. a huge fan of his game. I, I, that's all I gotta say. I'm not a huge fan of his game. On that note, okay. I think we have touched everything we wanted to touch on. Yeah. We I think we touched on literally all the teams that did something. So yeah. Caleb, make sure you check out Linsanity. Um yes. you said you guys are are you guys gonna be doing more NBA offseason stuff next week? We're gonna do NBA draft stuff and just kind of talk about what happened and we're kind of figuring it out from there because you know we might be doing some different things. We might be trying to, you know, football will be sooner rather than we know it. So uh, preview seasons could be on the rise. We'll, we'll see. We've got a lot of stuff we're looking into. The the British Open. Everybody know the U.S. Open would be the one that's happening. Sure. This time of year. Yeah. <laughs> you guys uh, are not yeah. going to be covering tennis. Oh, yeah. U.S. Open. <laughs> Let's go. Um, no, make sure you check out Lynn Sandy. They got crazy stuff going on there. Did you guys, like, I, I feel like we, we do need... Like you guys have been hitting the football previews hard. I'll be curious to see how what you guys do from there when it's time to hit football season. Yeah. But I, I want to see where that goes. I'll be interested in that. Make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Um, last episode of Obi-Wan was a banger. I finally watched it on time. So 
you're going to want to be on the lookout for Bryce and Zach next week. And then make sure you check out the power hour. JD and I will be back at some point um, recapping the NBA offseason. Oh, buddy. Ooh, buddy. It is going like I know this week was slow. We thought there were going to be way more trades yesterday. I think you and I both thought that. Yeah. There will be a lot of movement this offseason because a lot of teams are going to think they have a chance. A lot of teams are going to think a guy like Malcolm Brogdon is the missing piece. A guy like OG and Anobi is the missing piece. A guy like maybe Kevin Durant's on the move. Maybe Kyrie Irving's on the move. I really can't wait to see. So, Caleb, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. And thank everyone so much for listening. 